0: Jake and Callan of Corrective Culture are changing the world one parasite at a time. More on that in a bit. Today on Becoming, two holistic health practitioners who have set up a practice on the sunny coast, but what they're building is much bigger. Corrective Culture are kind of like a holistic version of the inspired unemployed, who share their value through a raw, authentic, and unfiltered lens. And in this chat, we cover some really interesting topics, like why is Corrective Culture taking off at the moment? Why are people connecting with it? What is check coaching and what it's like to sit down with Paul check to record a podcast? We talk about death and what we could learn from Eastern cultures around the mourning process. And then we sink our teeth into the boys' parasite cleanse and why 50% of their customers are passing worms and parasites in the toilet. There's also plenty of universal intelligence sprinkled through this conversation. So grab a tea, grab a coffee, sit back and enjoy Becoming Corrective Culture. I first came across corrective culture on TikTok. It was something about forward head posture, like ordinarily, you know, a pretty boring, potentially real, but there was something about it. It was so authentic and your delivery was so raw that I was like, okay, stop the swipe. I went over to your Instagram, Mm -hmm. listened to a couple of episodes of the pod and it became evident pretty quickly that it's not just, it's, it's not just a gym. It's not just a podcast. You guys have really created a movement up there and you're going to do a much better job at explaining. So tell us what is corrective culture?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a, what is corrective culture? <laughs> Man, to be honest, what it, it started just as an Instagram page, right? That's what it started as. And, and then it just took off in, in itself. Really, it took off really rapidly. And really what it was like when I met Jake, um, he introduced me to to the Czech stuff like just looking into Paul Czech's work so what we are really uh, we're Czech practitioners where we we learned the the base but when when I met Jake he was so into like all this stuff that I'd never even heard of like Alan Watts and and all this philosophy stuff and and meditation and Qi Gong and really unusual stuff for a young you know ex-professional bodyboarder. just it, it was just not the archetype of that person you know what I mean but I was so interested in it and it was like my soul was calling for it a little bit and I think everyone's is in some sense a bit of a bit more depth right but you couldn't talk to men really about it just wasn't it's not on the tv you know so it's like it just wasn't in the culture um so I, I we we met we were having conversations in the sauna like we, we met at a jiu-jitsu but we we're having conversations in the sauna and I knew they were sort of unique conversations and they were very fulfilling and I was like man we got to do something one day you
2: know um so how
1: long ago so was that So then that, that was that 3 years ago now. 3 uh, years ago was the first yeah. post we did. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah,
2: prob- probably like 4 years ago I reckon because um originally Callan was like oh like cuz I was doing it I'd taken a couple of clients but not really I hadn't delved in. I'd taken about 4 clients and that was probably 2 years before that. And then um so I was like to Callan I was like man you should do it you'd be fucking amazing at this like and then he's like oh yeah fuck I should hey eh? so he he just went balls to the wall and went went in. And, um, and then he's like, he started taking clients like full on. Like, he's like, okay, all right, I'm taking Monday, Tuesday off. I'm going to take clients. And it just like kind of blew up for him really quickly. Like he had like 20 clients in the first week. And, um, I was like, oh, I don't really want to take that many. I'll take four. And then about two weeks later, I had about the same. <laughs> mm. And then we're like, man, we've got to fucking open up something. It was in a garage. In a garage. It's true And then yeah. it went, it honestly just went from there and, yeah
1: and then it's just the universe sort of threw opportunity at us and we yeah. just jumped on it like someone said oh we got this space 50 square meters do you want that and that was big for us at the time we're like oh all right you know mm. it was a couple of clients a week to pay it off so we're like all right we'll do that and then um and then we just kept sort of posting man there was honestly there was no content strategy there was no tiles looking what a page would look like there was no nothing it was just what we wanted to speak about and put it out there. And, and that was it. And it was, like you said, it, it is authentic because it's what, you know, we're passionate about. And like m- my upbringing was my dad's like a Feldenkrais sort of like fanatic, which is just awareness through movement. So his whole thing is he was always like moving around in the ground, like telling me how many ways can I move and sit in a chair and all this sort of stuff. So that's where it stemmed the way of thinking. But then the Czech stuff is what gave me the avenue to let my
2: brain know, oh, I'm going to be good at this, you know, and it's sort of easy for me. It really helped me too because like I, I had a bit, a bit of confidence stuff and, um, you know, just getting going all in with something like that, being an athlete and then having the self-belief in that but not having self-belief in to be able to talk about like serious stuff and I saw how easy um, Callan Callen did at the start and I was like, fuck, that's all right, let's – and he really he, – he raised me up to his level whereas before I raised him up to mine and then I he, I actually learned from him. So it was like this. it's just been a great – like we've both – it's been – we've both played a very vital role in corrective cultures like – Getting better, you know, or growing—I should say—it's—it's
1: it's very yin yang, you know. It's a—it's a—it's a nice balance. Like Jake, like it was cool and in the podcast. Like I'll almost hit him with more superficial questions, like, "Okay, hey, where does that that shoulder connect to that?" And then he'll hit him with like something a lot deeper and more depth, and and then it'll bring it out of him because that's any and he drops into a role of like experience because that's what he's done so much of. You know, he's read fucking every every like <laughs> philosophy book under the sun, or he'll drop some quote that's like. Like, man, that's fire. Like, you know, I gotta like think about that for a bit. He's read somewhere, he doesn't even know where he's heard it, but it's like it's in him, you know, and it comes out naturally.
0: Yeah. Um, right.
1: And same same thing with the the you know, the stuff I'm passionate about. It's it just comes out. Like every video that we ever post, there's been no structure like say that forward head one. Harry, my video goes just to talk about forward head posture. And then she's just off the top. So there's never um
0: it's never planned. Yeah, I think that really came through in the content as well. Like for everything that's so scripted on TikTok, to see that, just you can tell you're speaking off the cuff from experience and knowledge and that's probably part of the reason what drew me to it so well. But just quickly, for, for people listening who might not be aware of the CHECK approach, can you give us a brief idea of, of, around some of the modalities that it covers?
2: Mm, well, it's, it stands for Corrective hol- Holistic Exercise Kinesiology. But a bit of a backstory on CHECK is how, how I got into it is I broke my back pretty badly doing my sport. And um, for about two years, I was in chronic pain. So anybody who's been in chronic back pain before knows that you will stop whatever you're doing in life to to address that and become better. So I've spoke to physios, chiros, osteos, lower back specialists, jumped on a medex back machine, you name it, I did it. And uh, I was just getting no answers. And then um, I knew of Paul Check, and um, I was kind of like, oh, you know, one last thing I'll try before surgery. And I saw a guy who's a very high level guy called Donald Carr in Sydney, um, and I just went in there straight away. And I was, and he's like, "Okay, what's your diet like? What's your water like? What do you, what's you thinking like? What's your <clears throat> how's your core functioning? All this stuff, this deep stuff." And I was like, "Okay, this is straight away, this is much more functional and thorough than any other modality I'd seen at the time." So check. It's hard to explain check because it's so holistic, mm. but basically there's there's goniometry involved we measure the whole um the whole body the way the pelvis sits the way the eyes sit the way the jaw sits like a good assessment takes 3 to 3 to 5 hours if you're a check uh level 3 and above yeah right so and and and, and also with the stuff that uh Callen studied and stuff around check like check really is a great base and then we've done mentorships with other people that have really helped um build on that base yeah so
1: yeah, that's perfect. Like, yeah, we've done mentorships, like we've done it with a couple of physios, but like not just the average physio, like like pioneers, you know, like really well known ones that just don't just learn straight from uni and do it. They've innovated stuff, so mm. you get information from people that are really still clinically in it, and that's what I really care about. Information from people that are clinically seeing people every day, not from people that are teaching in a class every day. That because you do forget shit, man. You gotta you gotta be constantly immersed in it, and that's mm. how you really learn. And with the physical rehab side of things, it's not it's very hard to be evidence-based in that. And there's a lot of people that are evidence-based in that, but there are so many factors that are unquantifiable that you cannot you cannot do it. You literally cannot do an evidence-based thing on like, um, like say Jake's, spondylo- his, his injury was a spondylolisthesis. So basically that means his L4, was he
2: L4? L4, L4 L5S1.
1: His L5, had slid on his sacrum, mm. right? So his l his the back was literally broken, right? It, it was sliding forward into the spinal cord. So it's meant to be solid and these bones are meant to stop from sliding forward. Those bones had cracked off and it was sliding forward, which then lowers, the uh, reduces the space in the canal for the spinal cord to go down. Back. And so that's a, And you hear that, you think, oh, it's broken. You need to fuse it. There's no other option, right? Mm. But when you're taught how to think, which is what the Czech stuff has done, it, instead of what to do, there's no spondylolisthesis protocol. You got to look at the person and see, imagine physics and say oh yeah okay well if he had a huge anterior tilt which he did then his spine's going to slide forward off that sacrum with gravity plus his core's not working plus Mm. he's inflamed plus he's not sleeping well plus you know his psoas is so tight which pulls it anteriorly that way so you're always taught to think of it like engineering and physics and come up with something custom to the person in front of you because that's what you've and it's it's so empowering when you learn to think like that and obviously you need to know anatomy you need to you can't just make shit up. You got to you got to know a lot. But like when you when you're taught like that, it's very empowering, and then you can speak from from experience and just practicality of what yeah. makes sense, and and not an evidence based thing of this this uh, this exercise is great for spondies or this and that because it doesn't work
0: like that. It's got, it needs to be tailor made to every person. It's empowering for for the punter like me to watch as well to. Yeah, to think about what what's actually happening with the body. For example, with the the pelvic tilt, I noticed watching your reels that my uh, I had a bit of an anterior tilt myself. And once I focus on tightening that up, or like activating my glutes and reducing that, I'd notice that my forward head posture would automatically go back yeah. because it was getting Amazing. counterbalanced by the hips. So yeah. once you start that realis- realising that shit, it's actually fascinating
1: and it gives yeah. everyone how the power. Fucking,
2: how cool How cool is that, man? And that
1: you notice that and that's yeah. rare, man. A lot of people yeah. don't notice that and, and will deny it. And a little rule of thumb is the head will always be get on top of the hips, right? Mm. So if, whatever you move your hips, your head's going to generally be on top of that. If you have a side bend out this way with a scoliosis, your head will come on top of the hips. It True. will always counterbalance, right? Yeah, right. Um, so same thing with the eyes. If the eyes are off and someone's got vision problems and s- say there's literally an eye... Imbalance and their perception of the world is this way, their whole body will counterbalance under those eyes mm. to make those eyes level with the horizon because that's just the way it is. Same with the jaw. So you start to see this stuff and then you start to see how the the approach of looking just at the spot is such a small part of it. And we still do. You still got to look at the joint and think about the engineering of the joint also, but then you got to step back and think, oh, how's the pelvis affecting that position? How's the head affecting that position? How's that person's breathing affecting that position? Is mm. That person's rib cage not expanding, you know, is, is all this sort of stuff comes in together and you start to, with experience, you see the patterns mm. and you, you're not really taught that. That's only comes from experience. So a lot of people, when they first get into the check stuff, they sort of get a little... You know, what do they call it? Analysis by paralysis. Paralysis by analysis, they call it. Yeah. You, get, you learn so
2: much stuff. Like what do I do with all this information? But it slowly comes in with experience mm. and you figure out and, what and trusting the work was very, very important early on. Like there's a check totem pole and the six foundation principles. They make it quite easy to be able to do some really massive changes very easily. Yeah. like you instantly, like I would send someone And I'm not bagging on physios or anything, but the average physio or the level one check practitioner, it's a level one practitioner all day for me because they're going to address some of those issues like the pelvic tilt or like he said before, everything needs to be stacked. Like we're just triangles. It's three triangles. You just got to stack them on top of each other. Mm, So yeah, yeah, it's just basic things like that can get rid of a lot of stuff like eye problems. The head's forward, the eyes will be off. So you fix the head and the eyes come good or the hearing comes good or the jaw comes good. So the hierarchy and down usually fixes a lot of the smaller stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It fixes okay. the big stuff. So.
1: and it makes sense from anatomy when you break Definitely. it all down, it
2: just makes sense. But the, if to the average person, it won't
1: make sense to them, or well, the average physio, it won't make sense to them. But yeah. when you break down the insertions, origins, it all starts to make sense. It just mm. takes—it takes, takes time. It Takes it's passion. It takes passion. Yeah, yeah. That's what it yeah, takes. Yeah, you
2: choose. Man. You choose to do this study. Like me yeah. and Callan are constantly every day. We're we're looking into new stuff and studying because we love it. Mm. We're not getting told what to study. I am just so excited about learning more about spiritual being and things like that and um grounding myself in in on the earth as well. You know, I love all that shit. And he's always looking at the body and we're kind of helping each other grow. It's like mm. it's that's what balance. it's about. We, it's, yeah. It feels easy. And then we're filming it because that's our journey and we we enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, and the
0: world just grabbed it. The world grabs it because you're moving in flow and people can tell that. You can tell when something's authentic and that's why it's connecting mm. with people. Yeah. If you if yeah. anyone's listening and's interested in the check check stuff. I went over to YouTube after listening to your podcast and Paul Check has a bunch of videos that are so good because they're they're quite simple in their nature. It's all about kind of removing things from your life and and going back to the basics to address your diet or your movement. So I definitely recommend jumping across YouTube to check them out. But, Jake, I just wanted to go back to your bodyboarding story because that sounds like a pretty sick career where you're travelling the world, Mm. bodyboarding – but there was something calling you to do something more was that was that because you were sort of living out of alignment with what you felt yeah, was your yeah. potential yeah it's
2: funny i knew you were going to ask this for some reason but um i was talking i was thinking about it a lot the last couple of days it's like you know that inner knowing inside yourself that knows there's something more for you like w- if you break that down what what actually is that you think it's your soul that already knows that you should be doing something different trying to wake you up Mm. Mm. <laughs> so if you're not listening to that, you have kind of going to run into a few things that are going to be like when Callan listens to someone talk about the multifidus firing and he gets lit up. He knows that that's his soul to learn that. You know what I mean? We have this inner knowing, and what is that? It's your soul saying you're on the right path. So if you're not listening, if you're not listening, that's when problems arise. And I believe my bodyboarding career was a great teacher because everyone was telling me how sick. My life was—I got to travel the world. However, I was miserable. I was making money. I was traveling the world. I was seeing different chicks and stuff like that. I had it all going for me. However, my heart was not in the right place. My soul was guiding me into helping people and doing what I'm doing right now. So, I think I left it a little late, six years or so, and I had a couple of really bad injuries because I wasn't listening to my inner guidance. Mm, mm. So, if you if you um, follow your heart, and your path will be pure. And I wasn't listening to that. So I think that I really came across some things I shouldn't have <laughs> to, to, to bring me right here now. Yeah, I'd say you could probably make that change if you, if you know how to listen. Sacred listening is a bit of an art.
1: Yeah. well, is the, And you did that, that. There's a drill Paul teaches. It's um, how to connect to your soul. Yes. And it's just really yeah. simple. And it's he goes like, soul, give me a uh, – and it's just your inner self, right? And he goes, give me a, um, a feeling of what yes feels like. And say yes to me three times, and then give me a feeling of what no feels like and, and say no to me, and get that feeling in you, you know, and that feeling can really guide you with a lot of things if if you really connect to it right so that's what has guided us the entire way, man like yeah. we just listen to what feels good, oh that doesn't feel good, that does feel good, you know that excites yeah. me
2: that doesn't excite me yeah and that's it there's a, there's a deep in a knowing hey it's like if, yeah. you, if you're with a, a chick that you shouldn't be with um you feel that, right? You go, fuck, I oh, like every, everything. She's hot. She's this. She's that. Everything feels amazing. But deep down, there's this feeling that goes, hmm. Like deep down, like that true self that's going, I don't really know if this is right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but then you'll hear the opposite side of it and someone goes, I just knew straight away and I was 100% in. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah. a, so I think that's a great example of how when something feels right, it's a whole body, fuck yes. And if it isn't a fuck yes, what's what's stopping you from being that yeah. but of course there's a lot of things the brain gets in the way
0: that might that person might be good on paper but your heart's saying yeah <laughs> and eventually yeah. you pay the price in a couple of months when something happens
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, yeah. write a list just go yeah. like yeah hot big butt big ass nah. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well that was, i mean <laughs> one of his one of
1: his mentors made him write that down like what do you want out of a girl like literally write it down so you know like don't mm. don't be half assed in this world like what's it the, because then you know then the universe knows and then and it's crazy that it? they get sent your way. Like mm. it's – Yeah, yeah. It's we the whole manifestation thing, whatever you want to call it. Man, it's, it's real, It's huh? it's, it's fucking it's, real, eh? It's hey. real like, fuck. It, it gets <laughs> – it, it has gotten ridiculous for us in the sense of yeah. like whatever – it's now a joke. Like whatever you want, you, you speak it and then all of a sudden a month later it comes. And I read a book about it and they make you do it intentional. Like uh, you have 48 hours to do this. And a cool story is Jake lost a, a ring and I was just finished this book and I was like, you tested it a couple times, it worked – and then I was like, um, and you can use it for the most superficial things. I lost my fucking remote. Where is my remote? You know, come to me within 24 hours, right? <laughs> and, uh, and he lost his aura ring, that sleep tracker, which is like, a, you know, $400 ring. And um, I go, oh, okay, man. I was like, give it 48 hours. And 24, let's, 24 hours. Oh, 24 hours. Yeah. And we'll and speak it out to the universe. And then like 23 hours later, he called me and he, he went to a cafe and he put his shoe on. And then as he was walking, he felt it in the bottom of his shoe <laughs> and <then> got goosebumps. <laughs> Yeah. And they called me yeah, and, was, and, and you don't even know how it
2: got in there. It's way. Yeah. It, it was so trippy. Yeah. It's, life is a bit of a trip.
0: It is. <laughs> <It's a full laughs> what did, um, Matrix, how did man. the manifestation process come into building the, 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 you know, the space you're in now and bringing it all together? Did you guys make an intention to create that?
2: It's yeah. We did without knowing it, don't you reckon, at the start? Like yeah. we kind of, we were just like, let's just go all in. Well, we said we want yeah. a place on the water. Yeah. We go, we want yeah, a place on the water in, in yeah.
1: Kiwana. So that's exactly what we have. Very rare to have. You can't the, get that, man. Yeah. The whole next time, like the last three years, you wouldn't be able to get that or last mm. two years since we've been here. Like this, this, what commercial places are on the water? So rare. Yeah. That isn't costing an arm and a leg, you know? So it's like we're in the weirdest place. It's like it's on the water but it's not charging for the water because it's like commercial. Yeah. And um, and it's just like it was perfect for us, man. Every day we come here and we're like what – like. We can sauna, we can ice bath, we can train. It's easy to be healthy here because you got everything around. Got the fridge, got the gelatin, got all the vitamin C, um, and then you go out in the sun and do a little meditation on the water. And it's like we honestly trip out, and it wasn't that hard. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing; it, it wasn't I that know. hard.
2: It, it flowed very easy. Even the pool. it was the risk,
1: but it wasn't hard.
2: Yeah. Pull check, pull check podcast too. It's laying on the thing, and oh, that's right. Yeah, I was just like Callan's like manifest it now like something with paul check and i said i'm going to do a pog i'm going to do rock stacking with paul check and sorry just um, to interrupt
0: you just you vocalize that or do you write it down how do you make that intention uh, yeah you you vocalize vocalize it it.
2: definitely vocalize it speak it to the world like paul does this thing called echo he goes the more you speak something to the world the more it's going to echo back to you the universe moves towards you at the same speed you move towards it so if if you're putting in little effort it's going to be like this if you put a lot of effort in it comes faster So I think you've really got to speak it, think it, act it, be it, Mm. and then I mean it's not new. It's Joe Dispenza's work through and through, but um, it just you know it's fucking works. It's crazy. Like we, I, I manifested that um, with Paul. We both did um, manifested that podcast with Paul. We didn't even try, and we got an email out of the blue saying Paul wants to do a podcast or or do some medicine with you or. And I was just like, fuck, like this is yeah. crazy. Like- oh
1: man, we said we, for the parasite cleanse, we're like, fuck, we just need someone to make it for us. Two <laughs> weeks later, I got a message from Cindy Amira. I can make this whole thing for you. I can source it, make it organic. <laughs> we test out capsules for glyphosate. It's as organic as you can get. Yeah. And How I'm good like, is that? The and then, and then yeah. our whole life changed from that. Yeah. yeah. And that was from a meeting. That was just from reaching out to her to getting to come in a potty. So that's where we talk about hard work, but there's, there's also, you can create opportunity. And I think, I think a lot of people, especially if they're stuck in sort of a victim mindset, is they're, they're not the ones that are creating opportunity from the little things, okay? So I just reached out to her and said, can you, we want to come on a potty? And she did. And then that made the connection. And then that, this is what changed. Like we um, got her to create all that stuff. We didn't go looking for brands and didn't have to work super hard for that. It came to us. And there's so many things, like I, a roommate, she has a digital market agency, and she just goes up to people that have a nice car at cafes and talks to them and gets jobs. Yeah, you know it's about smiling to the chick that gives you coffee and then and then they're happy and they get a feeling and then they they talk mm-hmm. tell a friend about you and it's about saying yes to i'll go try jujitsu oh, i'll go do that yoga class i'll do this and you meet all this stuff and you never know what it arises but if you do the same shit every day in the same routine without creating opportunity anywhere if you're stuck in a routine i mean that you're not enjoying then nothing would change why would it change there's no opportunity for the universe to intervene in that and give you what you want
0: yeah yeah it's it's mm-hmm it's amazing where those opportunities can come from. Hey, just from the most innocuous casual interaction with someone that can lead to something else and just has this sort of cascading effect like that. But I want to, I want to go to the parasite in a second, the parasite cleanse. But firstly, that, that podcast with Paul check, Jake, I listened to that. Yeah. Amazing, amazing episode. If anyone's listening, the, the podcast is under corrective culture, go check it out. But how was that process for you? Were you, were there nerves? Because you know he's he's such a uh, a figure, yeah. With the nerves going into that, <laughs> yeah,
2: def- definitely, man. He was, um, he's like, I'm very very happy to be alive in this era because I got to meet him and realize his guru energy mm. uh, is so legit, man. It's so um like I've done a lot of reading of philosophy and stuff like that, and I love listening to Ram Dass, and he talks about his guru Maharaji. There's a lot of stuff on there that ha- that happened to Ram Das and I can feel that that's real now because I got to experience Paul's energy. Again, I did when I was 24 and it was a magic then, but this time it was even more magic because I was at his house and I got to feel what he was like to be around. Mm. Um, He's like a, he's otherworldly, I would say. It feels like he's seeing through your soul, Um, but he loves you unconditionally. I was so amazed at how well he matched my energy. Um, I was scared because I was a little bit nervous. I just lost my dad, so I was feeling all emotional about that. Mm. So he just, I don't know, it's hard to put into words, man, but he's a very in touch, very vital, very loving human being and he's absolutely living truth and harmony and he's doing everything that he's preaching. So he's eating organic, he's waking up at the right time, he's working on books, he's doing podcasts, he's meditating, he's sauntering, he's ice bathing. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. And, and, uh, every day too. Yeah, every, every day, day, man. Like i I can't believe how much energy he has. For a sixty two year old man.
0: He's jacked too. He's he's jacked, is jacked <laughs> and he's
2: fucking tra- like I I sat in the perfect spot when I was doing level four so I could see his workouts. And um I'll just kind of be paying attention to that and then I'd be looking over and seeing what he's doing, man. He's like lunging like hundred and twenty kilos like multi directionally. <laughs> And just like, that's impressive. Just yeah. like nothing. And then he's just listening to like a podcast and then he's doing deep tissue work like us. And I was like, fuck, we're on and, the right track. You know? Present.
1: Like that's what Jake Very told present, me. He goes yeah. during this rush, like he's doing so much
2: stuff, getting up at like what? Three 30 every day. He's wait. He wakes up. He reckons his soul wakes him up at three 30 cause he's writing a book called spirit gym. So he's like, I just, I just cannot sleep. I just got to get this shit get out. It out. Well, it's, it's
1: hot. Yeah. yeah. And and he goes, but when he sees you, he stops and he's not thinking about that shit. He's actually present at all times and. um yeah, that's just, yeah. That's just a, unique, a, you know. A good,
2: a good lesson, I, I think this will explain him, um, a good lesson, he, he teaches you stuff without you even knowing he's teaching it to you. So on the last day he said, oh, you've got to drive to the airport to fly to LA and, 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 and bail out. He's like, do you want food? And I, my conditioning was like, oh, I don't want to put you out, you know. I don't wanna, I'm already grateful, blah, blah, blah. And um, he was just looking at me while I was saying like, oh, yeah, like I just want a fucking clear answer, dude. is that what he said no no but that's 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 how how he taught me that i need to be more direct interesting like he was like would you like to come in and have some food before you go and i should have said i would love to but my conditioning was like oh well i don't want to put you out you know i know you know you're tight like you know what i mean it's like just get to the fucking answer yeah we've got that um, that people
0: pleaser energy where we're taught to be so polite yeah
2: exactly and fuck that like i did want to go in and have another coffee and listen to what he had to say and learn from him and like more than anything Mm. you know what i mean so i think um i had a lot of aha moments like that being around his energy that i was just like okay it's he's a straight shooter and says what he means and means what he says and he really lives it yeah and just the principles have changed our life man Fuck it changed my fucking life
1: like i'm Mm. i'm I'm literally feel like i'm living absolute dream and just from what he's taught and it's not some woo-woo shit it's just empowering you because he goes look where you are in your life this is on you it's not on someone else it doesn't matter about the upbringing and this and this he goes this is on you and what are you going to do about it and are you making change or are you making non-optimal decisions and it's it's always back to self-reflecting mm. and the archetype model of like you know child or child victim Then you go into your warrior and then like your king we're all trying to be a king right and if you think about the king archetype it's it's just living your truth and not Caring what other people are saying, because there's a task to be done, things like that, so it's it's very empowering and it, it resonates with me because it's it's a nice balance of still being practical like you're still a master of the body, muscle, cervical spine, spine, all that sort of stuff, yeah, all that sort of stuff master. people forget that um mm. it's integrating the matter and the spiritual realm as well as you can to and that's what we mean holistic mm. right It's just like remembering that when you relate like say when you get your heart broken, and you can't eat and shit, or, or whatever it is, you feel it in an area, you can touch the area. Like, I remember when I had a breakup, I could touch the area of grief, and I ended up getting a lung infection there like two weeks later, man, because I could literally feel it all fucking day long, this one area, but the Western world denies that. When I can feel it right there, like, and then it goes away. So it obviously it affects the body in some sense, you know, and, it, and we know it does. So yeah, it's just like it's practical too. It's yeah. not it's not all just woo woo shit, you know. It's it's, not like like,
0: it's it's really um, it's it's really like a no bullshit approach as well. I think that's what grabbed me initially. And I remember Callan, you were you were talking about something where you're like, oh, how fucked up is the modern archetype of men? How once they have kids, they they get the dad bod and it's kind of socially mm. accepted for them to be fat and you're like no yeah. man, fuck that just eat well eat sleep well train and grow up a bit and i'm like fuck that yeah it's yeah, so totally. true eh
1: just such a simple it, message yeah. that everyone just needs to fucking own their it shit it is man because because unhealthy is is really a, is really it's a lack of self love it comes down to it right mm. like so it's it's just about being better and visceral fat on the body is affecting you so it's not gonna it's not gonna give you the energy towards your dream and it all comes back to your dream what is your dream right and if i'm sick because i'm overweight eating shit throughout the year i'm that's getting me away from my dream man and like jake said when you have pain it's nothing else matters like when you have pain everything else stops you become that cortisol is running through your veins cortisol cortisol is is fight or flight so then you're in this almost selfish response in your psyche because you're in pain and no one else can feel it but you it's it's all about you you know um, for these chronic pain people So it's again And then it's the pain teacher Of why am I in pain mm. Why am I in pain And what have I done To get this pain What am I doing wrong And then you go to see someone And then they're not helping you And then it's their fault And it's, it's, it's again Back to owning it And yeah People need education But it's about Like for, for us It feels like it feels like you unplug out of the matrix. It feels mm. like, oh, this is nice. I'm in control of my life.
2: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, all these other people aren't in control of my life. This doctor's not in control of my health. This is not in control of my shoulder. It's like, I am, you know? And, um, and it's, it's amazing when you start to think like that because it's very empowering and then, and then everything changes. Your whole life changes, changes around you when you think like yeah. that.
0: Yeah. yeah. An example sure. I think of is how, you know, when everyone's walking around with these jacked up nervous systems from things like coffee and overstimulation and they that yeah. leads to a cold, and instead of addressing why they're running around in flight or fight, they might just go get some codral or try and treat the symptoms. Yeah. I um I'm on a caffeine detox at the moment, and yeah. nice, bro, solid Same work, man. That's five. respect.
2: So, so am I. That's yeah. respect. <laughs> Mate,
0: I'm I think I'm through the worst of it, but about four or five days in, I just notice this feeling of calmness and grounded. And oh, I, you know, talking my language. Yeah, I'm usually like, I meditate most days and usually pretty good at that, but just realized how fucking stimulating caffeine is. And it's just something that everyone takes habitually as a drug every day. Mm.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I reckon it is a full drug. Eh? I reckon it's, um, I reckon it's something that people just are not talking about and we're socially accepting it kind of like alcohol. Mm. Yeah. Whereas like, I think it's a great drug. There's some positive things to it, but it's a very addictive substance. And I think that we need to monitor that. And we need to have enough discipline to actually be able to have some time off it. Like, I know you said you meditate. How much deeper can you drop in when you don't drink coffee? It's instant, crazy. Yeah. Like, it's instant. Like for me personally, it's just the, it's yeah. night and day. And it's back
1: to the, um, like when we talk about evidence-based, there's a lot of good research. And you see pe- people talk about how good coffee is for this and yeah. gut health and all this sort of stuff. But it doesn't matter. You got to feel your body, you know, yeah. like, and something that you're having every single day does take its toll you know every single day besides water that's basically like if you do it every single day because when you jump off it you get headaches so yeah. i think what do you mean i'm getting a headache if i don't have this thing that's that doesn't that's not a good sign to me i don't need a study to tell me all this shit yeah. I, I need i need to know that i still want to have it i had it this morning but i have good organic we, we sell coffee right mm. but we still tell people don't drink our coffee every day like yeah it's every day you know
2: yeah
1: um and when you come off it you get well, when you look into the science, the adenosine receptors sort of, the caffeine sort of inhibits them, but it's, you get tired. Those first few days you get tired and it's like you catch up on real sleep. It's yeah, like it's your body like says, sleep oh debt. no, mm. you've been you've been faking this. You, this hasn't been real for a while. You need to catch up on the real shit. Mm. And then you sleep and then you, and then you sort of come out of that and you go back to normal and you realize, oh, this is, this is how energized it can be without the caffeine. And that's one of the biggest things we get for the cleanse man for people, especially females with hormonal issues. Like I remember Paul said years ago, he goes, if there's a girl with any hormonal shit going on, the first thing I get them off is coffee. True. The first thing. Because he goes, it's just yang. It's yang. And they're already yanged out. If there's adrenal shit, it's yang. So mm. these are concepts, right? Just conceptual concepts of yin-yang. If someone's already got no energy, I don't need to put in fake energy. You need, they need to go yin. They need to bring in energy. They need to cultivate energy. And that comes from sleep, good food, good water, good relationships, a bit of meditation, um, and not stressing yourself out. And I feel it. Like if you have two cups of coffee, I get anxious, mm. you know, and that's, that's changing my decision-making yeah, today. So it changes my reality from something i consumed.
0: It also mm. changes
1: your brain chemistry. Hey,
0: I noticed, um, just being in a bit of a funk the last week because I wasn't getting the dopamine I'd get from a, a coffee. So you, once you started yeah, realizing yeah. that, and that's just such a good example of unplugging from the matrix, unplugging from something that's so normal in society, but mm, yeah, I'd love to jump into the, the parasite cleanse because if you go yes. to your Instagram page, there's Uh, highlights reel (laughs) of like Mm. it's got to be hundreds of people doing this cleanse and then filming what comes out of their body on the toilet. (laughs) Like all kinds of parasites, worms. How many people are doing this cleanse and getting results
1: like that, do you reckon? Thousands. Oh, man. So, okay. Thousands. If we went by percentage, like everyone's going to get better in the sense that they may not have a parasite, but they're, they're not eating shit food for four weeks. So they're eating organic food. And you, people that hear organic food and they're like, it's the same nutrients as this, it's, it's not, right? But all you got to know is the shit I'm eating isn't sprayed. The shit you're eating is sprayed. I, I don't care what study tells you how much you're allowed of that. My food's not sprayed with this, which means my liver doesn't have to break that down so I can handle whatever else is coming into my system, the, the air I'm breathing from the car fumes, while this person also breathing those car fumes but also eating those sprays. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, all, it's about physiological load and adding to the body. So everyone gets better in that sense because – because they're eating more strict than they ever have for four weeks, but they're not really restricted in the sense of, you know, as much meat as you want, a lot of veggies, just real shit for four weeks and not all these sort of things that have been in the diet in more recent years and no chemicals, right? Mm. No chemicals. But parasite, what do you reckon percentage-wise? Oh, man, Pro-
2: well, I reckon like half. We've Probably, had like probably half about 50. And lots of, lots of liver flukes some massive tapeworms like we had a guy in the uk my friend who was like man i feel sick like i've got cancer or something something's terribly wrong Mm. and he did the parasite cleanse once and he's like there's still something fucking wrong i'm just gonna do it again and he shut out a tapeworm like that big Uh, it's almost a meter long yeah and um he he goes instantly i felt better he's like man you guys changed my life and this is uh this cleanse is based off a doctor uh dr uh, Doug Kaufman's work mm. that we were giving to our clients because we knew how beneficial it was from we didn't plan to sell it it was a PDF and uh, we gave it to our clients to help them so it really came from a good place and then we we made a PDF and we saw and then we ended up selling it we're like we should just sell it yeah my, my, it was my sister <laughs> go just chuck it in the store and I was yeah, like oh no one's store. gonna buy it. it's just for our clients Yeah,
1: man it just it changed their whole life everyone yeah. started buying it and we didn't advertise it it went word of mouth um, because so many people's issues are a candida sort of fungal thing and they just haven't done the work they're looking for the symptom again they're getting all these blood tests they're getting all this stuff mm. but they're still eating shit they're still not going to bed on time like when you get it all in a in a symbiosis of human standard from evolution it's amazing what goes away uh, a guy wrote in what, probably the craziest one I heard and we've had a lot a chick got off of arthritic medication and stuff like that but a crazy one was this guy from South Africa and he wrote in and he goes me and my my wife did it and she's been progressively sicker and sicker the last two years and we've been going to the doctors the last two years over there and we're finding lesions on her liver. So they're finding holes in the liver. Fuck. And they, they're like, we don't know what's causing it. And they're like, man, she was getting sicker and sicker. And he go, he'd he said this, his words, he goes, I honestly felt like cancer was coming in the next two years because it was just so downhill, right? And there is a huge link to the uh, – it's called the fungal link. They talk about fungal and cancer, right? But uh, thousands of liver flukes came out of them. They didn't know it was liver flukes. They just Googled what this thing was and they found out it was liver flukes. and they Googled the top symptom and it was lesions on the liver. So – when you hear stuff like that and we hear stories like that, I've had so many clients also. I had a guy that was see me for a cervical disc bulge. And for me, when they're in that inflammatory state, I just say, I'll do the cleanse because I know it's going to be low inflammatory diet really, whether they have the parasites or not. I didn't expect him to have one and a tapeworm came out of him. And he's like, man, i got like two, yeah. And there's one big tapeworm came out of him. And they did it again. All these little eggs came out. Wow. Um, and he had no, he had no symptoms of that. That's wild. Know? But we've done it heaps. We've never had any parasite come out. So, yeah. uh, but,
2: um, but you're pretty good. Like,
0: like it's, they generally feed off glucose, don't they? So once you cut your yeah. sugar,
1: they don't have any food source. Yeah.
2: Re- refined sugar yeah. too is the worst, like lollies and shit like that. cocoa sodas, things like that. Yeah. yeah. And
1: you get it from um sushi a lot. So if yeah. you see it in wild salmon. So when, oh sorry, not wild salmon, farm salmon is mm. very common for it. Right. So that's why we, we only like wild caught sockeye salmon and stuff. Um, but yeah, you see videos of it all the time mm. and you can, but it's not like that's it. It's not about catching it so much. It's about if it can survive in your body. And that's what, why our parasite cleanse is different from others. Cause the others are generally just like they take this pill, take these, even these natural herbs and parasites do come out but it doesn't change the environment. And then the eggs don't come out a lot of the time. So the eggs hatch again, then they're reinfected. Hence why the parasite cleanse, when you do it, if you do see something come out, you got to do another round because the eggs hatch and then they got to come out. Right. And it's honestly like that every time. man. I had a client of mine, worms were coming out of it for three weeks. It stopped on week four then she had a week off, went back on it and they started coming out again. Mm. So it's like th- this sort of thing. And yeah. sometimes, man, we've had people that they just keep coming out for months and months yeah. and months. So you've got to refer her out and say, all right, what's Bully. why is this person's there's, gut not handling yeah, this? Yeah, there's
2: real deep ones. There's blood parasites like protozoa they're called. And there's also um, herpes. So if you've got like genital herpes or something like that, like that uh, I think it's Simplex 2 or Simplex 1, I can't remember. But um, that's a deep systematic uh, uh, parasy- parasitic virus that sits in the base of your nervous system. It's very... It's it's a parasite. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> so if you yeah, if you do if you do a phase a Kaufman diet for like a year, say just cut out. So so our cleanse is is pretty intense, but um, and we've kind of made our own thing. But the Kaufman diet phase one is what say if someone's had a d- really deep fungal infection. Or really, or or something like that—herpes or something—I would say, look, go on to the phase one diet for a whole year, do our cleanse, and then go on to a phase diet, phase one diet for a whole year and see how you go. Because mm. I looked at a bunch of research on all of that stuff, and it's just—it's fascinating, man. Because the doctors don't know. The yeah. doctors test for, I think it's uh, twenty-five parasites now, but there's literally a thousand. So how are you going to quantify that? How, what kind of study is? There's just too many. Yeah. Like where where. Had um, had yeah. people
1: pass the test and they had worms too that yeah. come out. So yeah, the and test what about that
2: one in Europe with the the chick who was shitting out worms and the test said that, one, that she was negative and she's got a bag. For <laughs> she gave him the worm. She gave them the worm to test, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is back. This is the
1: whole. One of my mentors told us this story because this is in London and he goes, so he had a client two meters of worms are coming out a day, lots of little ones in that oh. distance and like, wriggling still, right? Just, oh. he goes, one of the worst parasite infections I've ever seen. Took it to the parasitologist place in London. They came back and said. Nah, you're good. You don't have parasites. So <laughs> his whole thing was to say, this is where we need to integrate common sense with everything and not refer to the science as religion because these people couldn't help her because the paper said she didn't have it. Mm. So the test you have eggs, there's no eggs. But she's like, but this is it. I pulled this out of my ass. What do you mean? You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's, and they're like, we can't help you. I don't know. You, apparently you don't have it because the test didn't show up. Right, yeah. So that's, I think that's a really, really big thing. It's like, we get people tell us posture doesn't matter because there's a lot of evidence to say that the pain is different from these people to that people. But if you ever put yourself in someone's posture and feel what that feels like and imagine loading that in your spine. Mm. like I've had a couple of people with crazy anterior tilts. This is a cool story, actually. I had a guy with such a large anterior tilt, right? He had testicle referral pain for two years and really depressive from it. He was a cyclist and he couldn't cycle anymore because he had nerve pain running to his testicles all the time. And he was so depressed when he walked in, man. Like he mentioned sort of semi-suicidal thoughts before because he lost all what am i doing you know i'm this pain all the time Mm. and he went to multiple physios they gave him a nerve blocking injection for his, his urinal nerve and and all this sort of stuff and um and no one assessed really what posture is and posture to me just shows me resting tone of the muscles it's not about telling someone to stand there it tells me oh what's the resting tone of that muscle compared to that because the, there's an antagonistic relationship. So his hip flexors are so tight, which means his glutes and hamstrings are lengthened, which means they're not going to fire optimal during motion, right? Because mm. it's going to be an off-pattern timing. Because if something's long, it doesn't – like if you try and stick your ass out really far and tense your ass, you can't really do it well. But if you tuck it under and tense it, you can turn it into a rock. Mm. So that's just the concept. That's every muscle of the body has that, has that relationship. And all I did was this basic anterior tilt stuff, because I was like, oh, that looks so bad there. That's <laughs> That's got to hurt, you know. Yeah. And then from a mentor, she also told me she worked on someone's lumbar spine once and it referred to their testicles. So she knows there's a link between that. She goes, I don't know the link, but I know that when I push there, it made it happen. So I know there's a link. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, and then, man, he, he got out of pain and got obsessed with movement and now he's cycling again and he's just so – thankful because i really taught him how to look after his own body and maintain it not do this program and then go out the door because it's not yeah. like that he's got to work hard and i made him fucking work hard for it he yeah. had to do a lot of shit a lot of stretching a lot of deep tissue work diet he did the cleanse water changes water got him organic food everything mm. so you're taking all these stresses from the body and all of a sudden the nerves aren't so sensitized because the more stress the nerves get more sensitized and he got out of pain and that's man he could have seen everyone for that and i know yeah no one no one would have, no done one would that, have picked know? it
0: yeah that's super cool yeah you empower the client by letting them know what's causing the problem. You're not, they're not just going to a physio and getting three exercises to do, they understand Mm. what's causing it. And that gives the person so much more control moving forward. I reckon
1: Mm. there's a a really good uh, research paper from Matthew Walden. I always talk about, and it really changed the way I practice and it's titled realizing the benefits make the benefits real. And, that is, has that is just changed the way I practice so much, man. Every exercise I give to someone, I tell them why they're doing it and what, what's happening in their body while they're doing it. And I, every stretch, everything, this is what, this is where it connects and this is why you're stretching like this way because it connects here and it's going to do this and it's going to free this up. So that means when they're at home doing, let's say, because the example he used was like a just lumbar spine rocking, letting the knees roll left and right for the lumbar spine. He goes, if you just go tell someone to do that, they're like, fuck, this is doing nothing. But then if you say, okay, well, you've got, you got this disc bulge, so we need to... We need to rock left and right. And when you rock left and right, the right pelvis goes into anterior, which is going to pump that side of the spine. The left period, the pelvis goes posterior. And at the same time, you're getting a little massage. that's so pushing the flow through there and lymphatic, and it's going to clean the disc out and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, It's all true. It's all happening. But then they know. So when they're laying there, they're like, fuck yeah, this is happening. And then they, that helps people heal, man. Mm. That, and that's for everything is just so important. And you could relate that into business, into selling, into whatever it is. Let people know why they're doing shit why they want your product why like whatever it is you know yeah a good a good example
0: of that is the (coughs) the foam roller like because everyone's been everyone knows what the foam roller is but once i've heard you guys explaining that it hydrates the muscle it allows the muscle Mm. to to move better you can kind of imagine it happening under the skin whilst you're doing it yeah that's Mm, what i do yeah
2: yeah putting the mind's eye there is like one of the most important parts of doing it mm. yeah even when i do
1: hands-on massage I, in my head I'm, th- I'm i'm imagining the anatomy i can see it under their skin so i'm going to the areas and I, and I literally feel it sometimes cleaning off the tissue and you'll feel bubbles popping in their skin and it's rare you won't feel it all the time you'll do a few run-throughs and the bubbles will stop popping wow. and that's the hydration of the fascia True. and we had a really really cool podcast not sure if you heard it with keith Barr. um it's a recent one we did it only came out i think it's the last one we did or mm. the second last one he's the main tendon collagen researcher oh, yeah. in the world yeah, and man, that was just for me. I was just like, "Wow, this is amazing getting to ask this guy about that." Mm. Because a lot of people deny foam rollers, so it doesn't do much. But he broke down, "No, no, this is exactly what it does, That's and this cool. is why it would affect would affect movement, and this is mm. why it hydrates the tissue and it makes it more pliable, and then you can move well through space." Plus, all you got to do is do it and yeah. feel it, so and we're you feel seeing how it, it moves. we were your...
2: seeing it years ago, hey, and then yeah. it's just good to have someone like so well studied to be like well, this is actually what's happening. In yeah, the, right. And you're right. <laughs> yeah, I had,
1: a, I had a guy that was on two years of painkillers, man. And again, two years of painkillers, two years of physio, and he was having six painkillers a day. He was having two two pandol in the morning, two ibuprofen at lunch, and two pandol in the afternoon, mm. right? And his guts were starting to fuck out from it. And his was a craziest trigger point I've ever seen in his back of his glute medius, which was externally rotating his femur. So he was seeing me for a labrum problem at the front of the hip. His femur was jamming. It was basically when you ha- when your legs externally rotate and you take a step, it's going to lever forward in the hip instead of sort of being more centered. So the labrum is like a bit of tissue that sits at the front of the hip that stops it gliding forward, but it's like a little block. And if it goes into it every day it, and excessively it'll tear because it's little micro tears. And that's what was happening to him. He was getting these little micro tears, so there was going to be inflammation around that, which is mainly the pain. And then all it took was a ball to release that tissue that immediately changed the position of his femur and you could see it because on the plumb line his leg was fully turned out and afterwards it turned in more and mm. he felt it and then it allowed it to heal because then it wasn't just ripping it every single day with every step mm. so over that next two weeks i didn't even speak to him he come back in he's like man he goes i'm off all painkillers like and th- that was to me like a really big moment of and i'll, and I'll never forget that because i'm like oh okay like why why did no one see that you know, why did no one? No one looked at his posture. That's why. Mm-hmm. No one's cared that his leg was facing this way and the other one was facing straight. Okay. But that, that you can see it looks whack. You know, it's just everyone can see that like, he was probably aware of it. And, and then you break down the anatomy and it makes sense. But that's what's not taught, right? This yeah. is understanding functional anatomy a bit more and it takes experience. Yeah.
0: It's very cool, man. Just want to take a, a little left turn. Jake, you mentioned you, uh, you lost your dad recently. I, I listened to that mm. episode and he was a fucking, like just coming through the podcast sounds like a, a, a legend and yeah, uh, man. yeah, both had hurdles in your life. Jake, you also lost your mom when you were growing up. Mm. Mm. Did you, my, so I lost my dad. Once that happened, it was the first time in my life where life suddenly became finite. You realize how short it is. <laughs> like you, it's, you almost see the end point and you realize just, fuck, yeah. it's just over in a flash. So for me, that just lit a fire in my ass to get after it, but also really focus on my health. I'm curious if losing your mum had the same effect on you, and maybe steered you down this path.
2: Oh yeah, definitely, uh, <clears throat> definitely. You know, like with it, without going um, massively into it, it was the be it was it was everything really that led me to being healthy. Mm. Because mum, I grew up on drink. I was drinking Coca Cola. My mum was always eating processed food. Like if I if I knew what I knew now, I know a hundred percent in my heart that I would have been able to help her with her cancer. She died a. Uh, bowel and liver cancer and she was nearly five years in uh, remission so she was about to be better and then it just absolutely fucked her in the last like it was the last week Uh, she got really sick so I knew there was something wrong and intuitively after she died I thought it can't be this fucking stupid this world like there has, to be, there has to be something that I can change to not get cancer because they're like you need to get bowel cancer checkups every five years, this and that. And I was just living in a lot of fear. Mm. So I wanted I was driven by exercise and stuff like that. But, man, once I learned about the check stuff and, and um, saw that and, and felt how good I felt, I was like, wow, this is, this is it. I know that um, cancer just doesn't happen randomly. Mm. Genetics play, you know, up to 2% of it um there's been a lot of research done on that it's like it's not that genetics play a part but you know what does it say genetics loads the gun health and lifestyle pulls the trigger Mm. so it's like man there's so much you can do to 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 make yourself healthy and i think callens and myself have covered a lot of that through this thing but i believe that losing mum was definitely the the driving force and it was a lot of fear-based stuff to at the start but it was the driving force for me to actually being a lot healthier. Mm. And I'm very, very grateful uh, for my mum's life and what it taught me, um, especially when she passed, because it taught me how to be healthier. And um, my dad was a lot different to that because we always talked about death. Yeah. And we all, we had, we had such a deep connection and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing, man. Like, you know, they're they're both, their deaths have taught me so much. And, what even is time? Like we're all gonna die eventually, and I think that the more we can look into death, the freer we can become in this world and actually do some good here, mm. and and be our true authentic self and listen and, and listen to our inner guidance and yeah. So I've been grateful for every every one of those hard experiences. It has been hard. Dad was the hardest thing, and I'm sure you know it's fucking the hardest thing you'll ever go through. Um, but my advice to that is to grieve as purely as you can mm. belch if you need to let it out, mm. do not hold it in and talk to people about it. And unfortunately in men, it's not really talked about that much, like the grieving process mm. and crying and stuff like that. Like I cried on the podcast with Callan and I was fucking embarrassed about it. But I said, I, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll get Harry to cut it out. And then I, went, I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I need to practice what I preach. Cause there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this and, it shows power. Mm. It shows power when you can cry and then move on from it because mm. that's, what, that's what I think is, is true power to me, is vulnerability but strength. Yeah. I think um, what you said too about like, seeing his body was a really cool Yeah, yeah, cool thing. Like, yeah, like a lot of people, I don't know if I saw, I think I spoke about it on the podcast, but I didn't want to see his body. I was fucking terrified of it. I was in the room when it happened, so you oh, know I had,
0: I had that sort of closure and then didn't see him for a – we did, certainly didn't have an open casket So I didn't see him after that really.
2: Yeah. And that, you know, like, fuck, it's, it's, it's not easy either way you put it. And I don't judge anyone who doesn't want to see the body. It's completely up to you. However, my experience with it, uh, and from listening to a good friend of mine was like, do you want my advice? I would see the body. Mm. So I didn't even know, but the universe kind of decided that (laughs) we're going to have a open casket. Yeah. So I rocked in and I got to actually put my hand on his head and his heart feel that there was soul had left the body. And then I had to screw the little screws into the coffin and say goodbye to him. Mm. And I had to do that in front of everyone. And I think that is a fucking powerful experience. Like the apocalypto comes to mind. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's like, you know, you know, apocalypto. And he's like, he says, don't, don't, don't fear. Don't have any fear, son. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets his throat cut. I feel like it's like, that's the ultimate man moment in my entire existence was that. Yeah. Wow. So far. And I think it's the most powerful thing anyone can ever experience. Yeah. like you said, it brings on a lot of um, urgency in your life and a lot of like bigger questions. You're like, okay, well, why am I here? Mm. I haven't got that long. I could die tomorrow. I could die today. Why am I here? What am I doing? Let's get to it. <laughs> mm. yeah, <laughs> and it
1: even looked powerful to me at the, the funeral seeing him do that. Because like, <laughs> right. yeah. I, 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 put, I put myself in the same situation. I imagine it and everyone does, right? And I think, holy shit, like I'd be a wreck, you know? and. Seeing how he could, he went into that and then came out of it and then went into it and came out of it and and was okay with that. And it was just sort of, um, it, yeah, it, it's a good word, like power. It looks powerful. You mm. know what I mean? It looks like fuck, that's respect. Like, cause I know, like, I, I, I imagine him going through it and I think there's nothing you say to him, nothing. Like, they just have to go through it. It's such yeah. a rite of passage. Yeah. Hey, yeah. There's no bigger it? rite of passage. Like, yeah. I haven't gone through it yet. And to be honest, it's probably my biggest fear in my life, I believe. Yeah. And, um, but it's almost, I get a little bit of closure that, I've had a friend that's experienced it before me, and, and also, also a bit of closure knowing that it's happened to going to happen to everyone. Mm. And it's is the right of passage because now he's he doesn't have an elder in that sense to rely on. You know, he can't mm. just call like got friends in that, but it's not the same thing. So it's it's it. He's the man now of, of the house of his of his life, and there's no that nurturer is gone in the life. You know what I mean? Mm, there's
2: no one to call. Hey, eh? yeah. how do how do you feel, bro? Do you do you still have your mum?
0: I still got mum. Yeah, mum's still around. It was, um, it was a, a pretty drawn out process. So dad got sick and then... Cancer or...? Yeah, it was a brain tumour. So th- initially yeah. the doctors gave him four months or something, but we got wow. two years and then in the last six months he sort of went downhill. But we were lucky enough to get more than we expected of good quality time, but quite a beautiful story. I, I haven't t- told this before, but when dad was dying, I, uh, for my grieving process, I had a song which I would listen to whenever I started feeling sad and it was just my way of allowing the emotions to come up, I would have a good cry and it was always just the same song because there were lyrics in the song about the the songwriter's grandma dying and anyway, when um, Dad was on his in his final days um, everyone left the room and I think they went to get lunch and it was it was just me and dad and it felt like he he was pretty close to going so I, uh, I just had a, a, an urge to put this song on and just to, to grieve with him. And uh, in the song, there's, there's a line where it talks about the cancer spreading from her bones to her blood and there was nothing they could do about it now. And uh, whenever that line came up in that process where I, was, where I was grieving while Dad was dying, I would just burst into tears because it, it was such a beautiful line. And anyway, when I was when I was sitting there with Dad, when that line came up, he he stopped breathing, and that's when he he chose to die. So it was this really beautiful moment, and um, it, it yeah it really helped me see that there's something else at play here, and his spirit chose that moment to go. And as I'm just so grateful that I was able to to share that moment with him because. I feel like um, it was his way of saying goodbye to me, and something that I, I cherish very much. My best mate mm. just lost his dad, unfortunately, and his his Maori. So went over to New Zealand, and their grieving process, their death process, is actually really How beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know this, but yeah, they they have the open casket there for a couple of days, and the whole family comes over, and they sleep. They, they got to sleep yep. with his dad, and. I just looked at that as what, what a beautiful way to have closure and to start the grieving process. It, it really is like a beautiful custom.
2: Fuck mm. yeah. It's, it's otherworldly and, and also Eastern, Eastern philosophies. They really um, nurture the death experience and celebrate it. We really, we really kind of turn it about, make it about ourselves, mm. which I've been guilty of before. Um, you make it like about you and how you're dealing with it. But uh, death is just such a massive part of life. And, like a lot of the great people say it's like you lose you drop your body and you become one with everything again until the next time so it's like i feel like if you can just understand that the ego is going to be afraid of it forever but behind the ego is not afraid of it because there's no there's no consciousness there at the zero point field you are death you are a part of everything and i think that if you can just get out of your ego for a bit and then blend into it a bit more it becomes less scary and it becomes you, you feel like a sense of urgency here to do your job mm. and to and to help people. Mm. Yeah, it's funny you say yeah, that because
0: <laughs> when um, before I lost my dad, when other people's would go through a death in the family, I just was so sympathetic. I probably went over the top with comforting them and just felt so sad. But once it happens to you and it, then it happens to someone else, it's a different level of support because you've been through it yourself and you – it's not so much about being like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's kind of accepting it for them and, and just, I guess, being with them without saying the words.
2: Yeah. Isn't that so true? Mm. Like the, I feel um, Callum was great, man, because he was just like he was that and um, he was like one of my only mates who came to the funeral, you know, and that was enough for me to be supported. And that's all people want is just like a bit of support and you don't even need to say words, eh? Mm. Like Ram Dass had a centre for dying. Do you know who Ram Dass is? mm yeah, fuck, he's amazing, man. And he had a center for dying and um, he's like, all you can do for someone who's dying is sit there and be with them and watch what comes up inside you uh, and and cry if you need for them mm. <laughs> and 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 talk to them and be there for whatever they need. And I think that's so true for someone who's going through uh, a death in the family, death of a child, whatever it is, this horrible shit that happens. Um, I think that time is the only thing that heals and, and, and allowing the grieving process to come up. Is um, from what I, my experience the fucking best thing you can do? Do not bury it. <laughs> yeah. If you bury it, it's going to come out in some kind of disease, illness, or something later in life. Some trauma, whatever. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: yeah. If you if you depress it, you'll get depression. And it's funny. Um, yeah. Back to the <laughs> back to the the lifestyle <laughs> elements causing cancer. I I honestly yeah. think what caused my dad's cancer was just this level of stress he lived with. Um. So my parents separated when I was thirteen, and he held a lot of resentment from that. Lot of pain that he never really got over. And I just I just had mm. this feeling that all of those things combined created disease in the body. And it's just so it's mm. all it's all connected,
2: isn't it? I love looking into that stuff. I think it's it's amazing. But he sounds like a well, he raised you, so he must be a good man. He was a legend. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. an absolute champion. <laughs> yeah, you got a beautiful energy, man. Yeah. Well thank you yeah. for yeah. having us on today. Appreciate yeah. it,
0: boys. Yeah. I'll um I'll let you go because it's been it's been over time, but before we do Touch on your story, Jake. Kalmarth, you've got a yep. fascinating story as well. Yeah, what, what yeah. yeah. Th-
1: well I guess what, what I like sort of sometimes telling it is more just for motivation for others. So like I, I went to prison when I was twenty two, I believe. So I went to prison I, I sold drugs, right? I sold <laughs> <laughs> it was it, I wasn't wasn't like a hard to my girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I think I saw some <laughs> yeah, to
2: she, Yeah, that's what she got. she and got, she got like, caught. <laughs> she got caught with the drugs. Anyway. So. Yeah, anyway. Another story. It was,
1: so it was just, it wasn't like some gnarly sort of on the street drug dealer. It was just more, me and my friends were at that stage, 21, partying hard. Um, it was just ecstasy tablets or MDMA capsules or something like that. And um, and I didn't, I didn't feel like it was a disservice to the world because I was having them myself. So it was just me and my friends. I didn't think like that at the time. I was a kid, you know, 21, but I was a kid. Um, And I was still, funny enough, I was still sort of into health at that stage of like, I think I was doing, I just, I was doing jujitsu. I'd done CrossFit before that. I was always competitive and looking at that, but I still like to party, right? I don't really, barely, barely have a drink now, right? I can't have a drink at dinner because it just inflames (laughs) me and I'm too connected (laughs) to my body. But, but, um, so I got caught with a hundred, uh, getting him for a festival for all of us. And, um, and then, yeah, I just went to this guy's house, Cop's, I saw a D car go past me, right? And I was like, I, I saw a, a Toyota Orion go past and I was like, that's a fucking D car for sure. And I knew it, man. My heart just sunk, right? I watched this car turn around. I had him in my underwear and I got pulled over. Got They, they searched me, got it, told me I was wouldn't probably do time for this, you know, like, oh, it's your first sort of offense. Like never really been in trouble. I've been done with weed a couple of times before that, just like, you know, a little bit. But I never was really like um, an out, out there, dude. In the sense, I never uh, got into trouble too much, you know. But I got caught with this, right? This is perfect from the universe, right? Needed it because if I didn't get mm-hmm. caught, then fuck. If I got caught a year or so later yeah. if I was still doing the same shit, man, I'd be doing a lot longer. I reckon, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And for me, it was just a business opportunity. That's all it was. It was just, <laughs> it was an opportunity at the time. I did. I knew nothing. I was scaffolding. Like I was. There was no. Didn't have these big dreams. Didn't have these ambitions. Didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. Had no direction. I was still a happy to sort of dude because at that age you're naive and you're not thinking like that, you know. But I knew if I stayed in that path when you hit like 30, you'll start to think different and different driver in life. So I got – a year later anyway, I went to court and I was good for that next year. I didn't, didn't touch them. Like I was – obviously stopped selling and all that sort of stuff. Made like no money from it. Too. I was the worst fucking drug dealer Yeah, right. <laughs> I, th- I bought a PS4, I think. <laughs> so I th- that's what I – I got a PS4 out of it, you know. But they sentenced me to two and a half years and – and I, and I court order parole in seven months. So I was at court with the family. Didn't think I was gone. I hid it from the family because of like shame. But then they figured out from someone in the end. So they came to court. And um, yeah, this judge man just just made an example out of me real quick. And it's like it was like he just mm. wanted to go to lunch. That was the vibe of guy. He wasn't ah, really listening. Didn't give a fuck. So I did harsh. months of drug tests before that too. Had a referral from a cop, like a cop that I knew. I said, like, no, nah, this guy's good. He didn't even give a fuck. He just said, two and a half years. And even, like, people were in shock, like, whoa, I didn't think I was going to go for that. Like, there's people doing a lot worse crimes and not going for that, which I learned when I was in there. So they <clears throat> they, they put me in the watch house for, like, six days. And then, um, which is pretty, you know, long story, but solitary is, like, not great in the sense of your mental health. I was all right. Like, man, I stayed pretty solid. Like, I remember, I don't think I've said this before, but I remember, like, being in the, in the, in the lock-up cell, people screaming at night and i remember looking in the mirror and just thinking like all right you'll be right you'll be right and there was a period that i cried in there by myself because um, it was just a shock you know like it was such a shock because i actually didn't think you I didn't was think you were so. going in yeah no nah, mm. man so i didn't it was nice i guess i wasn't stressing leading up to it too much so it was mm. just all of a sudden i was like whoa like my mum was crying you know my dad just sort of like <laughs> punched me in the chest and was like be strong and i was like did he just say two and a half years? Like, what the fuck's going on? Fucking hell. I had a surfboard in the back of my car ready to go for a surf after I <laughs> the court. So I chucked oh, my dad man. the keys, like, drive my car home, tell the boys, right, Um The boys were all ripping on me right before I went, like, you're going to go, like, laughing at me and shit, like, knowing I wouldn't, but obviously I did. So I did, uh, they, I went to um, Brisbane, Waco, which is maximum there. And then I went to Woodford, which is the main, sort of the main prison in Queensland, the main... And it was, man, it was like full maximum. Like, you know, they call it the blocks. You're in the blocks. I'm mean, with killers. Like my tennis partner killed two dudes, made them dig their own graves, shot them both. Another guy, this guy named- uh, Some guy eats someone or yeah, something? Yeah, Rob. Rob, Rob he, he fucked two dudes, killed them and ate them. <laughs> I heard they heard that from others, right? It's and just wild that sort of you're guard. going to the same
0: <laughs> prison as these I fellas.
1: Know, man, crazy. I know. crazy. Yeah, know. Yeah, and like, and I got along with all these dudes, man. Like, to be honest, at Way Call, we were almost ended up being like the head table, like me and all these Maoris, Vietnamese dude, and like one other what dude, and just like we were sort of the head table because I had jujitsu behind me. So I was only a blue belt, but it was still something, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was something that came through in my aura of, oh, I can sort of defend myself against a lot of these guys. Like, because it's not all night, it's not like the movies, it's not all knife fighting and shit. It's all, Fist fighting, and it's all one on one in Australian prisons, which is pretty good most of the time, right? Unless there's some debt and someone's, you know, paying someone to get someone. But it was like that, and so I had this sense of like, okay, like if this person's not trained, hence why you should put your kid into jiu-jitsu if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, then I know I'm going to beat him, you know. And but there were some big boys, but I got along with everyone. Anyway, did my time, um, got out, and. This is this is why it's motivating people. Like I was told, oh, you got a criminal record, you are not going to be able to do this. You fucked, like you know. And I, it was sort of coming into my. I was thinking that too, like oh, I am just going to have to scaffold for the rest of my life, which is typical crim job, you know. Um, but there is no rules. There isn't any rules. Mm. Like these people think there is all these rules. There is not, man. There is check check stuff. It's not a certified body. It's not like a university body. But we've done this. We've learned the stuff. We charge good money, you know, more than the average sort of th- uh, like physio and that doing it. And I am an ex-convict with a criminal record. I was told I can't go to the States. I'm now talking to a lawyer at the moment. I'm going to go to the embassy. I can get into the States. I'll I'll pull some strings and make it happen. So all these little rules people have in life, there's ways around them. It's this thing. Bullshit. People tell you these things and, and it's not true. And now it's so funny because now it's like this ex-convict, now full holistic health. Like, man, you should see my pantry. It's like the the next level of supplement fucking you should see the amount of shit I have. Everything's organic. We have good water. We train very often. We do a lot of jiu- So I got into like MMA, started doing cage fighting after that. And this nice balance really into cooking. So it's like it's this weird archetype of what we are. Mm. Mm. But, um, but I've, I love that it was there for the story because that's what I want it to be. I want it to be motivation for other crew that maybe have been caught and they're in there now or getting out and know oh, you can change your whole fucking life. There's no rules. There's like you can, you can just do whatever you want to do. And all these ideas, no one can tell you nothing, man. Like it's, I really believe that. And anything that, that rule breaking in me is what sort of brings it out in my, the, the physical therapy I do. Like someone tells me that you can't fix this back, like fucking watch me, you know, and I'll go over time. I'll learn this. I'll do that. Just because you tell me it needs to be fused. I'm going to try my best to, to correct that. Fuck. How many times have we done that? Like, so I, I just, yeah, it's just like, that's, that's just the motivation for people to hear that not ever. Oh, and another cool thing with all these people in jail, man. We all think of him and I thought they were all just sort of Darrow um, lads, all this sort of stuff. But I realized all these guys, even this guy that made these two dig their own graves, man, so human. I, I saw him because he did this when he was young, you know what I mean? Um, I was like, this guy's like a nice guy. Like he'd give me like he'd give me a shirt off his back if he needed, you know what I mean? Mm. We played tennis with him by the end. So it's like you've realized they're all human and they've all been put in a scenario that isn't, uh, optimal for like a different story than we have they're all from the same area which says something to me they're all from this low class area they're all they they got these daddy issues and mummy issues and their parents left they got bashed everyone's a drug addict everyone in there man is ice I was like literally one of the only people I met in there for pills really just, you think there would be a lot but everyone is ice everyone and they all booted up If you think people smoke ice in the outside they're all just booted up they even booted up in there they share needles in there like wow. everyone's got hep C um, but I realized, fuck, all these guys just want love too and they're nice people and when you're in there and the drugs aren't involved, man, we all get along. Like, it's surprising, it's not as chaotic as you think. There is some shit that went down but, like, I stay out of it and you can stay out of trouble as long as you're not a dickhead but I just think it's a, it's a representation of the rules that are outside of the world, that are inside the world. If you're a dickhead in there, you're going to get, you'll get found out real quick. And same thing in the real world. If you're a dickhead out here, you'll get found out it may not, you may not get bashed for it or stabbed for it. You may just not get that business opportunity or this. But that's what it was really cool for me to see. Fuck, these guys that I would have shunned just from the look of them. I realized, man, they're so normal and they're, and they're, they're a lot of them are good people and um, they just have a fucked up upbringing that I'm lucky I didn't have and I'm lucky that I got in and got out. They're all – everyone in there, man, most people, they're just back in because I watched people get healthy, get fit, do push-ups, train with me and then they'd, I'd watch them go out because their time was shorter – and then they'd come back in and they'd be skinny and gaunt because they'd be back on the ice. And I was just like all the Vietnamese were back on the heroin. Like it was just – it was sad. It was sad, you know. Um, just so because what their,
0: their programming in the external world just forces them back down that same route.
1: Yeah. What do they do? You know, like mm. they, You want everyone needs a bit of dopamine, you know. Mm. You don't have friends. You don't have this. you got this one little group. Like it's – you are who you hang around, you know. And if you hang oh, – if your crew's doing so that. true it's just it's just what happens man like say it's
2: less say less yeah we've just been finishing top boy recently yeah. So, yeah. my
0: uh, um, my girlfriend's um uh, english so i'm like just oh, draw oh, my sick. best top boy accent around her and she's like <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. sound anything um, like it
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fully, fully, uh, <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so that's, that's 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 a story in a, in a short view again just for people to like uh, just know that your life isn't fucked up from your old decisions. You are who you are right now, not who you were yesterday or so an hour ago true. or 10 minutes ago, man. You can change your whole reality mm. from who you are now and stop judging yourself for your past place. I have no regret for that. I have no remorse for it either. I did my time. I don't care about who I sold to. I, I paid my dues, you know. it took seven months away from me, you know, and then I couldn't mm. leave the, the, the Queensland for two years. So it's like, it's, um, it's, it's done. It's you know? done. It's done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a fascinating story, man. Thank you for sharing. The, um, yeah, no worries. And it, it comes back to unplugging from the matrix, which I feel like is the theme of everything you're about. And the other thing I'm, I get from you guys is that once you take a risk and step into alignment with what you really want to do, everything just falls into place and the universe conspires to make it happen. So that's super inspiring for me. Mm. Yeah. The universe
1: is on your side. People don't think that it's always looking out for your best interest. Yeah. Um, even if something bad happens to you, man, hindsight is always a beautiful thing. It's hard to yeah. get at the time, but Very it's, true. it's like you know, I, I, my, like, I have huge ones like prison for me. Like, so I went for a breakup like about a year and a half ago. That was heavy at the time. Now, in hindsight, I'm like, fuck That built me into such a better man. Like that fueled me, started the fuel to just think, how good can I be? Just almost like a like a little revenge thing. Not really, I guess mm-hmm. a little bit like that. But then that just faded off real quick, and it became, how good can I be for me? And I realized. The breakup initiated that to be the man I am now. Mm. So it's like it's, a, it's, hindsight. it's hindsight. hindsight. Yeah, I was having this
0: conversation with someone the other day, a friend, and we were saying that it's funny how all those little jobs or experiences you do in your 20s all have led us to our weird job, whatever we're doing now. like working <laughs> Yeah, through. It's so funny, isn't it? It's, it happens to everyone. Everything really happens for a reason and sets you up, sets you into the right path. Yeah.
1: What yeah. are you doing now, bro? What's your main thing? You're
0: currently Ma- mainly on social media, dude. So creating little skits on on Instagram. I love because my background's sick. acting, so I love doing little stupid oh, stupid skits. And then oh, uh, I gotta watch them. Yeah, I love yeah, that that's shit.
1: That's, that's fully Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I've seen a few of yours. They're great. I'm uh, pretty fresh with the potty, but loving it. How it looks enjoyable! It looks
1: great. Yeah. yeah, it looks good. How enjoyable is podcasting? I man? love like, it. Yeah, you have to just talk to fucking people like like i said that keith Barga we're talking to the other day man at one stage i was sitting there tripping thinking i'm talking to one of the leading specialists in the world in college and attendance and i just mm. asked him yeah he'll yeah. probably, probably pay five grand
2: for a talk of it and i just can sit there and chat to him you know like yeah it's, a, it's amazing i had the same thing with uh, ragu marcus we had rum Duss's like best friend of 50 years and he was on our podcast and i was just like I was almost like dumbfounded. I was like, "This is crazy." Man. Yeah, so this, I was, <laughs> this is yeah. And as our podcast grows and we're our, our everything growing really quick, we're just like, fuck, I can't wait to get like you know more Paul Check on or get Aubrey Marcus and mm. uh, a bunch of different people, Carl Kingsbury and um, like I know that's all going to happen. Mm. And it's fucking. I just can't wait to talk to him, man. Because these people just have such. I, I look at I look at them as some of my best friends already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just from listening to their podcast, you know, and yep. I learn a lot from these people. It's like and Gabba Mate and Jordan Peterson and yeah, I'm really into Theo Dana Vaughan, White at the moment. Dana White, Dana White. Boys, man, yeah. it's just there is you take the best from everyone, right? So yeah. yeah, that's it. Such a and yeah, you know, we're, we're, you're
0: spending more time with these people than your real friends, so they actually yeah. become a bigger part of your life. But yeah, yeah so exactly. yeah. before I do let you go, what what is the plan for you guys? What have you got coming up? Is it focusing on the pod, or have you got anything? exciting with uh, the
2: business? Yeah, we've definitely focused on the pod um, heavily in the last few months and and filming content with our new videographer and stuff like that. So just giving a lot of free stuff out there and adding value to people. Uh, However, I think that uh, we've got King and Queen, these two new products coming out. Um, I think they're going to change the world. We've got like, they're like liver and testicles and, um, So that's for the 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 men? men, For the men, yeah. And then for the girls, man. Fallopian tube and liver.
1: Fallopian tube, liver, um, uterine tissue from grass-fed sheep, which is I think is just – because that excites me with the whole um, like ancestral eating and and this is what tribes used to do and and I've I've just loved some uh, people like that there was a guy that was pretty low on testosterone one of your clients say and started mm. taking testicles and it, yeah. who knows if that brought it up, but he started taking it and his testosterone went up anyway. Wow. So it's multifactorial. Mm. I still think we should be consuming these organ meats and it's just easy in capsules. And we also released an app that yeah. is cool because it's like a food intolerance. I love just, it's like a, almost a Facebook of health and they're all commenting, like people are sharing their foods and people are figuring out what foods they're intolerant to so they can react to it. And then it holds a database. So this is a cool one. I just found out pork belly gives me headaches. Pork, I think, gives me headaches. (laughs) Didn't know that for years, man. Years. And then I had a headache the other day after I had bacon and then I put it in the app for me because it keeps it for me in a score. And then I had pork belly last night and got a headache twenty minutes later. And it was organic pork belly and everything, man. So that's two headaches now that this app will track for me. And the most reactions you have will be at the top. But we plan on putting all our movement stuff into it, like stretching, deep tissue, postural exercises, just like just fun information that I want to get to the world in an app that is a general community because um, we already put so much into all the platforms but yeah. it'd be cool to have um just people on the level in one joint that can chat to yeah. each other and learn man
0: well i reckon we could talk for another couple of hours so we might have to have a round two but thanks for coming on becoming and sharing your value absolutely yeah, awesome, man, man. Really nice, nice to, to meet uh, you bro. good chat keep, yeah. keep kicking much goals
1: nice. yeah cheers brother